You come at the king, you best not miss. You're now locked in the zone, zone 32. Ladies and gentlemen, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Zone 32 podcast. We have a full house tonight and we have a special guest. His name is Drew. His name is Will. His name is Grant. And the special guest's name is Yuri. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, people? How are we doing tonight? Shut the fuck up! Let's get into it! <laughs> Fucking lost on Saturday. We went to Cleveland. We ran the ball for almost 200 yards. We didn't get in the end zone. And we lost to the fucking Browns. Some fucking horse shit. That was, a, that was an awful Saturday. I went to a bar just to watch and I sipped on the non-alcoholic beverage. So all I had to do is sit there with a sugar high and sober and take it in. So that was fucking shit. Um, yeah, couldn't throw the ball, could run the ball, and inexplicably in the fourth quarter, the Browns had three possessions, and the Ravens scored a field goal in the second quarter, had two field goals blocked. Wasn't Justin Tucker's fault, shit happens. But threw the ball the entire quarter, they called one run in the fourth quarter in the two or three possessions that they had in that quarter. So I have things to say, but I'm not going to say them because y'all can do it for me. Drew, it's time. Let it all out, buddy. All right, I'm holding up a sign for everybody of my thoughts on fucking oh, keep it, Saturdays. Keep it. Hold on, hold it up again. Saturday's fucking atrocity. Keep it it does not. It does not match right. the uh, writing writing at the uh, the fucking castle there. Um, like Jake said, you run for you have your running backs have 19 carries for 176 yards through three quarters, and you run the ball one time for four yards in the fourth quarter is a fucking joke. Um, I still don't understand why Greg Roman left that stadium employed. I don't understand why John Harbaugh is still employed for refusing to get rid of Greg Roman. I mean, we have no pass game to speak of because Tyler Huntley fucking sucks. We've been over that a million times. You have one good thing about the offense, and it's that you have Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, and you go away from them in the fourth quarter when that was the only thing, you know, working to move the ball. Um, I didn't love the call to go for it on fourth down. Uh, I think we're on like the eight-yard line early on in the game. You know, leaving points on the board is questionable that early in a game. And then you have the uh, two missed field goals on top of that. So we left nine points on the board there total. I mean, that makes that a whole different ball game. I hate losing to the Browns in general. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson's a fucking rapist, and I don't want him to ever win anything. Uh, defense did fine. Again, like, you know, 13 points to a decent offense. They kind of kept Chubb uh, pretty much in line. No wide receivers really burned us. Uh, you know, they didn't really, you know, run up and down the field on us with any kind of ease. So it really just comes down to the offense again. And three fucking points in a divisional game is embarrassing. And like, I just don't understand how everybody's still employed after that. It's just, it's a, it's a fucking joke. Like I was, uh, again, we keep talking about, you know, like this is the low point and we're talking about the Broncos game being the low point. Uh, I think that this is worse. I just, that was those fucking, you know, 60 minutes of embarrassment, basically. You're muted, Grant. I 100% agree with you because the thing is, like you said, one carry for four yards in the fourth quarter. Like, what the fuck are you doing? We're averaging over eight and a half yards of carry combined between our two running backs. Grant, not and even that. Listen, the, J.K. Dobbins had zero carries in the fucking fourth quarter, and he, that's what he I mean. averaged 9.6 yards per carry yeah. himself. Well, and that goes back to the fourth down stop, too. So we're marching down the field. J.K.'s running wild, and then no disrespect to Pat Ricard. We all love Pat Ricard. Why are you giving Pat Ricard the ball in that fourth and one? Yeah, he's 300 pounds, but he got stoned by safety. A safety stopped him dead in his tracks. That's Why are you having him run off off to one of the gaps, too? Just have him go straight up the middle. Like, it was just a stupid fucking play call in general. Again, it it, it comes back. It looked like they pinched. It looked like they did a pinch. We have no – Greg Roman calls horrible plays. 
every time we're in these fourth down situations, we say it every time, like, you know, aggressive is great, but the fucking moron cannot call a game. It's really no, it, boils down to. Well, and you know, it's bad juju whenever Justin Tucker misses a field goal, especially early on. That's very makeable. Yeah. Whenever that happens, we've had bad things happen after that during a game. I don't know if it's just bad luck. I don't know what it is, but, and then he's got one blocked. And clearly, if you watch the replay, dude vaults off his own guy to get up and high enough to block it, which is a penalty. So, I mean, the fact that you don't even, but it's a non-reviewable and it is what it is, but you know, they hardly ever call that. And then you look back and you see some of the situational play callings, which I feel like we talk about every fucking week and the way that his, his lack of spacing at the receiving core, you know, you got, you know, fourth and eight or third and eight, and you have three receivers in a five yard or a seven yard radius, 20 yards down the field. And you're leaking somebody out to the weak side that everybody knows you're going to do. So he's spied. So then you're leaving your quarterback hanging out to dry. And Tyler Huntley is not Lamar Jackson. You know, we have not seen hardly anything on him. It's Anthony Brown time. Anthony Brown came in, played well. I think it's his chance this weekend. They're not going to do it because they're a terrible coaching staff. But you also got to be mad at just the roster construction in general. Harbaugh's lack of accountability. It's it's just it's it's a fucking mess right now. And this is probably one that we're nine and five. Probably one of the most embarrassing that I don't even really give a shit if I watch the game Sunday. And that's the first time I've said that in twenty years. Well, we're playing Saturday, so I don't think he'll be watching well, Saturday. Game on you know, Sunday, what I mean. yeah, you know. What <laughs> and I, mean. uh, I, I can't believe I didn't mention this first, but we dialed up two fourth down plays to James Prochet, who played three total snaps. Um, so you just want like proof of incompetence on our play calling. That's that's proof enough. I just I will never understand why that guy's still on the roster and why we're dialing up meaningful fourth down plays to him. It's fucking atrocious. What do you got, Yuri? I don't know, man. I feel like I've been watching the same story for. Four years now. Um, well, I guess you say three and a half, but the team just really is, is in a really like frustrating point. Um, I even when Lamar was in there, uh, thirteen points against the Panthers defense, um, not 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 very respectable. And then obviously these past few games, you got ten points, three points. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just getting to a point where it's like, do I really even care anymore? Like, am I really gonna? lock myself uh, you know pull me up by the bootstraps and go to the game saturday in seven degree weather to watch tyler huntley play am i really gonna do that um now i did it last year without a problem it's just like now it's just like it's so tiring man it's so tiring watching this team it's like watching an alcoholic keep going back to the same drink and he can't put it down that's that, that's the best way i can describe the ravens they keep doing the same problems over and over again but they don't know how to fix it it's just it's just so frustrating so i'm at a point where um, I don't really care. I'm, I'm kind of almost like looking ahead to 2023 because um, I don't think this team goes very, very far at all. Yeah. yeah I mean, it uh, all comes down to uh, good. Yeah. Uh, well, what I was going to say is you, you're right. It's like watching it, it. It's it shouldn't be surprising, but it's like the team has given us these little glimpses of hope over and over again. And it's just a compounding issue where, over the past like month or so, every game, even though we've won a couple of those games, um, they've been like embarrassing wins. Um, it's the same, but it's the same exact game over and over again. And it was inevitable that we were going to have one that was just like so much worse than the other ones. Even though if you think about it, it really was pretty much the same thing. It's just that we didn't get a couple couple bounces our way. But this is kind of how the season should have gone for the past month or so. The, the offense has been completely inept. Um, the defense, I mean, 
it's hard to fault a defense that is giving up 13 points on a in a road division game, um, 14 points the week before, nine points the week before that. This is a defense that's limiting teams, but they're giving up plays when the when they can't. They're they're putting the other team in a position where they're able to to kind of impose their will in the moment when we need them to 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 kind of shoulder the load, especially with the fact that we know that this offense is so out of sorts and has no identity, even though it should. Um, we have guys who can run the ball. We have an offensive line that can dominate the point of attack. And we have an offensive play caller who's a fucking dipshit who uh, can't get out of his own way. He called 30 fucking passes from Tyler Huntley when our running backs... Might have been more than 30, though, because well, how had, many of no, those... Six he called, get, I'm sorry. Six he, he called 30 passes from the second quarter on. He called 30, 30 dropbacks. Yeah, after, but the clock the first, stops. First quarter. The clock stops on on caught passes, though. Don't you know that? Yeah, right. So, so Greg Roman and his treasures, his little fucking uh, precious three to four seconds, he he saves up every play. I, I don't know if he thinks at the end of the game you can cash those in for points, but you actually have to put the ball in the end zone, or you got to kick it through the fucking uprights if you want points. And how this does week, he care about? I was say, how does he care about time on the clock when he's at the fucking play call until there's ten that, seconds left on the play clock? Right. We well, had, we had another one. Was, there was yeah, a fucking we injury out timeout. timeout. No, 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 it was out of a... We called a timeout. It wasn't oh, we called call. a timeout. I thought it was, inter- I thought we, it was no, an injury we, timeout. We called we a timeout. Called a timeout. We, people thought... People ha- were like, we must have just called two timeouts in a row. That's That must be what this penalty is because it's inconceivable that we would call a timeout and then come out of it and get a fucking delay of game. I don't even know how that's possible. But we, we managed to do it. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had a tweet that was kind of just like a joke when that when the TCU walk-off field goal happened and i said uh, these college kids you know amateurs can somehow completely switch their offensive unit for their special teams unit kick a field goal in a in 14 seconds they did this 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 complete change from third to fourth down they kicked a like 45 yard field goal walking off to win we can't get on the fucking field after a, a timeout as a professional a professional team with millionaires getting paid to play football Millionaires getting paid to call plays. We can't get our offense on the field, on time, lined up, do all our whatever we need to do before the fucking snap motions and fucking resets and everything else. And uh, we can't get a fucking playoff inside the play clock. It's I, I it makes no sense. Yeah. And the thing too is, is, is right now is a perfect time. You got T Martin just sitting there. See what he's got as a play caller, man. Like I don't give a like, fuck who you make the play caller. Anybody. But I'm just saying, don't get like even if you don't want to fire your friend, which is fucking stupid. Let the dude be the run game coordinator, assistant offensive guru, whatever the fuck he wants to put his title as. But let T Martin get a chance to call out the rest of the season and see what the fuck we got. If he's not it, he can't be worse than Greg Roman. He cannot call this offense worse than Greg Roman. Sure. So either you got something or you don't. Let it happen. I, I actually had a conversation with somebody. I'm going to keep them off the record on this. I don't think John Harbaugh trusts T Martin. Or James Irvin or anybody else. Would he staff. trust Greg Roman? That's the problem, and that's why point, I think, that you you, I think he's got to go. I think he's got to go. I, I don't think that you can start next year with John Harbaugh as your head coach. I just don't Here, think that there is any any okay. conceivable way. This is a a valid conversation to have at this point, and I you know I've always been of the opinion that you know John Harbaugh for for good or or bad or whatever you want to say. How do you 
how do you change from John Harbaugh and upgrade at head coach? And I know there's plenty of arguments as to things that he does badly and he plays favorites and he waits too long to replace guys. But at the same time, this is a guy who has a long history of success. Um, the, the team's been in good hands with him. I know people want to say, oh, we haven't won a Super Bowl in 10 years. Well, there's a lot of teams that haven't won a Super Bowl in fucking ever. So, you know, that's kind of a stupid argument. I, I, like it's, it's like people want to want to hold uh, everybody accountable to fucking uh, New England or something like there is no there is nobody to compare with the Patriots. So let, let's just get that out of our minds. So yep. John Harbaugh is a good coach. OK, he makes mistakes, but he, what he's doing right now. Even with a, with a blueprint in place from 2012 when we won the Super Bowl, which everybody likes to say it's been 10 years since we won the Super Bowl. We haven't had a lot of playoff success since then. He made a change. He he fired his friend. He replaced him. And the team, everything changed on the offense. The The offense really won us that Super Bowl that year. So it, it, the blueprint's there, and he's just ignoring it. So, yeah, I think at this point, it's, it's worth talking about because there is someone out there who – could come in and be an upgrade from him. That's Sean Payton. So we're not talking about going and hiring or like, you know, taking a chance on some young guy that is unproven, has no coaching experience. We, there is a guy out there who has just as much of a fucking resume as John Harbaugh. And what he brings to the table is he's, he he has a track record of producing great offenses. And that's what this team needs. So he develops wide receivers and quarterbacks. Yeah. And and the thing too, so I'll argue the John Harbaugh side, he really hasn't done shit. So like he won a Super Bowl 10 years ago. I personally don't expect, I mean, realistically, nobody's going to win the fucking Super Bowl every year. It's just not going to happen, but he's had two playoff wins in a decade. Like that's an issue. You have the roster, you have the payroll, you have the skilled players you have at different levels and you have two playoff wins in 10 years. That's not a great coach. And how many times over the years do we look at games and at the end of the game, we lose a game by three points or less. And you go back and you're like, there was a misused timeout, a bad challenge, um, a stupid play call on fourth down on your side of the field. Like there's all kinds of shit that you could chalk up to being out coached. And I I like the guys as, as, as he's a players coach. Like I like him as a rock locker room presence, but man, he just doesn't Is have he a it. Players and coach he, I mean, I mean he, you don't hear a lot of people come out pissed they, they off about him. Yeah, because they don't but like you where know, he's uh, where he's like a man down too. Is is that he can't step in offensively or defensively and have an input. He can't go in and say, "Okay, Greg, I'm taking over. This is what we do." Because he doesn't fucking know. He knows enough to be a head coach. Obviously, he's not stupid. Football is football one on one, man. You know your offense. You know your schemes. You know your blocking concepts. Boom, you run your offense. But he doesn't. He he doesn't step in, and he doesn't step in defensively. So he just kind of just moderates, throws his hands up, shrugs, gives his little shitty grin look whenever there's a bad call. Like he's outdated he's done good things have to come to an end eventually and like we're just at the end of Harbaugh here like like Will said he's done a lot of great stuff as our coach like anybody who says that he's a you know mid-head coach and he sucks and blah 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 like that's just a stupid lazy take and I just feel like in the last 10 years specifically and really when you get from 2018 to now there have been legitimate issues on the offensive side of the ball Okay, so 2018, you get rid of Marty Morningweg because he was not able to, you know, make the offense more or less predictable, I guess, with Lamar, that he had to stick to that stupid vanilla playbook that got us killed by the Chargers in the playoffs. Fine, so you make the switch to Greg Roman, who's got the, uh, you know, the history with Tyrod Taylor and Colin Kaepernick and taking these mobile quarterbacks and making them too good and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so 2019 happens. 
great, a good year, 14-2, but you get fucking smacked in the mouth at home by the Titans because your dumb fuck offensive coordinator, you know, clams up after you go down two scores, doesn't know how to fucking do anything. And then it's just been the same shit over and over again. Of We beat the fuck out of bad teams because we run the ball, we get up early, and we can hold the lead. And then when you get into these, you know, shootout situations, Greg Roman inevitably does something fucking stupid that costs us the game. Like yeah, you, and- you, you, you cannot have a guy who's that loyal to his friends. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is, is we have a good old boy system, and we've said it. John Harbaugh is the safest job in the NFL. He won't fire Greg Roman because of their little buddy-buddy thing going on. He doesn't like to get rid of his buddies. Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh are baking cookies, playing giant checkers in their backyard. So they're buddy-buddy. They're not going to fire each other. Steve's on his boat not giving a fuck about his product, kind of going down the drain a little bit, fans turning. Like, like you got to step in as an owner at some point. I get letting your guys do does their Eric job. Does Eric have the authority? Does does EDC have the authority to fire John Harbaugh? This is yeah. this is the question. Well, that, well not, okay, so realistically, I, I just, yes, you're I don't supposed know if to. He does. He's, He's supposed, supposed to, to, but does he? But, but, does I, he? but something's between Steve and John. So, like, that's why I don't think he's fired. So, I don't know that that is – I disagree with that. We had a conversation like this recently in a Twitter group, and, you know – I don't think there's any GM in football who unilaterally can fire a head coach. They have to. They have to get the okay from the owner for that. They have to because th- there's. But I, three and g- I'm saying that I'm saying that if Eric goes to Steve and says fire John Harbaugh, he's fucking useless. He keeps giving me these shitty ideas for players. He won't get rid of Greg Roman. He's you know not following. He, he's not being collaborative. He's being a pain in the ass. Like. Is Steve pulling the trigger on that? Is Steve listening to EDC on that? Yeah, that's no a valid idea. question. I just think that if anybody thinks that that Eric DaCosta can like get in his car tomorrow morning and he's driving in and be like, I think I'm going to fire John Harbaugh today. There's no way that that's the fucking case. And I don't think that's the case for any GM on any team that they can just decide they're going to fire the head coach. There's, there's I mean, no if, Howie, if, if Howie Roseman, Howie Roseman is the one that, you know, Twitter sucks his dick now because he made one good trade for AJ Brown and blah, blah, blah. But like, if he went to the Eagles owner and said, I want to fire Nick Sirianni because Nick Sirianni sucked for some reason, like that holds weight. And I feel like that he can kind of get his way in that. I don't know if EDC can go to Steve Scotty and say, you know, fucking we, we got to get rid of Harbaugh. Like, I just don't know if that happens. I don't think that the organization is built like that because you're in this weird situation where you have, uh, you know, assistant GM who's brought up to a regular GM or, you know, full-time GM. And he's only been on the job for four years, whereas Harbaugh has been the head coach for 14 years. Right. Like, you know, Harbaugh has gotten Biscotti uh, a Super Bowl. He's been kind of like the face of that. You know, he's been the like the main name as the head coach of that, whereas EC's kind of always been a guy in the shadows. Like, I don't know if he has the same clout with Biscotti that, Har- that Harbaugh does. And so you're almost handcuffing EC at this point. Yeah, like I, feel like, uh, yeah I feel like what about- EDC, I feel like EDC would be like sends an email to, to Steve and he's like, Hey, uh, can we talk? And be like, Oh yeah, sure. Come on up to the office. And he walks in and John's sitting there. Like he doesn't get to have the, like the, he doesn't get, he doesn't get Steve's ear by himself. It's always got to be a, a, a conversation with the three of them. Like remember in, uh in training camp when Lamar was, it was, I think it was his first media availability of training camp, or it was like, I forget what they were talking about, but Lamar was talking. It may have been the first one. And it was Steve and John up on like a fucking balcony, like watching the whole thing happen. Yeah. Yeah. Just and those it's two. just like, you, it, it's, it's bad for organizational structure. It handcuffs our GM. It makes our GM make stupid fucking moves and it causes all kinds of fucking problems to have uh, a coach that's that close with the owner that has that much pull with the owner. Like you're just creating this, you know, this situation for shit to go wrong. John Harbaugh is not a roster builder. 
I mean, that's that's very clear. He's never been a roster builder. That's not his, you know, strength. Otherwise, he'd be a GM somewhere. So, like, let our let our GM work at this point. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I just think that, like, I agree with you guys with Harbaugh. Like, you know, he's you know he's done great here. Blah blah blah. Um, but I agree with the sentiment. It just it's just time to move on. I don't even care if he fires Brett Roman. I mean, he's gonna hire Matt Nagy or um, <laughs> Frank Reich, maybe or some just some yeah. some another you know. Uh, nepotism hire and um I, I would say if we're talking about future candidates um i feel like the hit rate is kind of gone up a little bit um with the whole like going after a young guy you have someone like um kevin o'connell mike mcdaniel um i just i don't know i, I if lamar is going to be here for the for foreseeable future um i'd love to have someone from the shanahan tree the mcbay tree somewhere like that um and I, I love someone for Lamar to grow with. I, I kind of kind of feel like Sean Payton is uh, John Harbaugh, but actually a little more useful. So I want somebody new. I want somebody who doesn't have a Shanahan or a McVay tie, because I feel like it's been four or five years of these guys kind of running the NFL. And like defenses are going to adapt eventually. I feel like somebody's going to eventually figure out how to stop Shanahan offense. Somebody's going to figure out how to stop the McVay offense. I want the next guy. So whether it's uh, I don't know some college no name like. Fucking roll the dice at this point. You got nothing left to lose, and if Lamar's on board with it, then that's great. Like you know, well, the, yeah. Uh, and there, there is a also with the McVeigh, O'Connell, McDaniel. Uh, these guys having success. Look at these rosters these guys have. I mean, yeah. uh, can you can you really go wrong with with these fucking rosters? Like the guy who Shanahan, the guy who who is like at the head of the tree. He's the guy who doesn't have a fucking quarterback, and he, and he can't get his team over the hump. So like. You know, I mean, I think it. Obviously, these guys are talented coaches. I'm not. I'm not going to take away from that. But I think that the the amount of talent that it, the their offenses require in order to really thrive is a little bit. I mean, like you see with the Rams right now, the shit blew up in their face. You you get a couple mm-hmm. injuries. Uh, you know, and and they won the Super Bowl. So whatever. But I know for a fact that the Ravens are never going to take that approach where they they just go balls to the wall one year knowing the next year they're going to be fucking terrible i don't see it happening so i, but I they don't, don't have to take that approach because they have lamar no i, 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 I no I, I i agree i'm just saying like in order for those that system like that that model to work you look at uh in la they went and got all these guys last year they fucking went crazy signing guys von trading for von miller signing odell they already have Cooper Cup. They have nine thousand fucking running backs on their team. They had, uh, you know, obviously the the where they've gone wrong this year is their offensive line fell apart because their left ta- their Hall of Fame left tackle retired and uh, they've mm-hmm. had injuries on the offensive line. But um, you look at Miami. Miami had to trade for Tyreek Hill and pay him nine billion dollars. They had to they they've acquired every running back uh, cast off from San Francisco. They uh, they already had Waddle. So, I mean, like they have high powered offense there. Um, then you look at um, uh, Minnesota. They have the best wide receiver in football. They have Adam Thielen behind him. They have Dalvin Cook. They, you know, they, they, they so, Hawkinson. so I just think like our approach and, you know, obviously our approach can evolve, but I think our approach isn't that different now than it's ever been. And it's been a successful approach 
you know, over the long run. So obviously some tweaks need to be made. We obviously need to invest in certain positions like wide receiver. Um, I think we need a, a complete overhaul. This season has to, has to demonstrate this approach at wide receiver will never fucking work. And if anything, it, it only gets worse year by year. So like I said, a couple of episodes ago, I think we see an almost entirely new wide receiver room, probably two new starters. Devin Duvernay is not a starting wide receiver. I think we we've now seen that he's a useful receiver. He's a depth receiver. Uh, he can be on the field a decent amount of the time, but he's not wide receiver two. I don't know that he's even wide receiver three. I think he's just sort of a guy that has a, a defined role that is fairly limited. Uh, it can be very productive, but I think it's going to be Bateman. You can't, and you can't really rely on him because he's proven two seasons in a row that he, he can't stay healthy. So I think we need to trade for or draft and trade for two wide receivers who are going to be starters on day one. So week one next year, I think we see two wide receivers in this offense, no matter who the offensive coordinator or the head coach is, who are brand new to the, this team. And and it's, I mean, there's no bigger need. There's no bigger need on this team. Well, quick question. Yeah. Um, name name a starting offensive lineman on the 49ers besides Trent Williams. Mike McGlinchey. Okay, now name a starting offensive lineman on the Dolphins besides Front Armstead. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, like that. that's kind of like, while I agree with the sentiment that there requires a lot of talent for those things to run, um, they don't have crazy offensive line units. Uh, they just have units that work really, really well. Um, if you ask a Dolphins fan to name somebody on the Ravens besides Ryan Stanley, you think they could, though? I mean, Tyler Linderbaum, man, that's the first round. You should Maybe. be able to, I doubt, be able to name the first I, I doubt they'd be able to. But, but and, and, you know, to that point, I get what you're saying. I think, um, you know, obviously Shanahan offenses sort of thrive with, with, with like, Plug and play offensive line a lot of the time. So well, it's zone. It's yeah, zone. It's zone. Right. I mean, exactly. You get an that, athletic offensive line and zone. You just right. face it. But so, but that kind of reinforces what I'm saying. We already have a hundred million dollars invested at left tackle and a first round center. So, and we have Kevin Zeitler at right tackle. So, like our offensive line is good. I just don't know with the investment we've made there how that how it makes it possible and the inv- investment on the defensive side, how it makes it possible for us to build an offense with skill players like they have in those systems where, you know, th- those are teams that can score at will, but like, you don't just like, you uh, gotta, you gotta find a way to get rid of the dead weight in the middle of the roster. You gotta stop yeah. paying the Nick Boyles of the world, $8 million. Right, right. You gotta stop paying the Chuck Clarks of the world, $7 million. Like that's, that's what runs us up against the cap. Is it's not that we're you know we have a couple big contracts we have uh, Ronnie and Marlon I think are you know our two big ones and then Lamar obviously under the um, fifth year option but if you look up and down like our salary cap it's these middle of the roster guys that are you know maybe two to three million dollar a year players on the open market that we're paying four to five million dollars a year because you know they're hometown guys and we well, drafted them and Pat great Ricard's story, one blah, of them blah, blah. too but yeah but Pat Ricard didn't make any money Matt Pat Ricard's cap hit this year was like one point oh five million dollars. It's going to go up. You know, we signed him to an extension. Yeah. Yeah. And again, so stop, but stop giving Pat Ricard the contract that he pays him $1 million this year. And then it pays him $7 million next year and $10 million the next year after that. Like just pay him market value, pay him the $3 million every year. You know what I mean? If you're, if you have to pay $3 million a year for a fullback and you need a fullback in your offense, just pay him $3 million. Don't do this dumb shit where you're trying to get under the cap one year and then it ends up being inflated on the back end. Again, blocking tight end like Nick Boyle is a, is a good thing to have. And pre-injury Nick Boyle was great for our offense. But why are you paying Nick Boyle, you know, this low cap hit to let him recover from injury? And now you're overpaying him this year to the point where we couldn't even cut him. Otherwise, we'd be paying more money and dead money than we're paying to have him on the roster. 
And then next year's cap, it's like $9 million. It's fucking ridiculous. Like we have to stop doing dumb shit like that with contracts. Does Charlie, does Charlie Kohler play this week? I hope so. Is he a person? So. Is he alive? Is he you real? Know, I mean, you have the number one Charlie Kohler fan is our guest. Yeah. So, well, yeah. he's going to play this week. And they actually, Nick to, fucking right? Boyle, Nick Boyle played like one or two snaps in this past game. Just, I mean, like, we're this desperate for yeah. receiving. We're, we're this desperate for receiving. Why, why not just? I mean, you got to throw something eventually got to stick. I mean, Isaiah likely it's like one game, you know, it's a Tampa game where he plays well. And you're like, okay, maybe, maybe this is the preseason Isaiah likely we we're hoping for. And the next game, he's dropping the ball, he's like playing sloppy. So, um, they just need someone to be consistent. Like, not even Mark Andrews is consistent right now. Um, he's and, the, he's one of the least consistent players on the team right now. Yeah. And so, I, I just he's feel like nobody, he's got nobody to take people away on the outside. So you have Mark Andrews being fucking quadruple covered in the box. Like he's not going to be able to do shit with that because we have no fucking wide receivers. Why is Andy Isabella not been called up to the uh, 53 man roster at least once? Like, is he a fucking real person? He's got to be better than Prochet. That's what I'm saying is you you are, you are putting Boyle and Prochet on your, you know, active game day roster to play maybe five snaps combined and do absolutely nothing for the team. Why are those spots not going to Benjamin Victor, Shamar Bridges, you know, fucking Charlie Kohler, like Andy Isabella, any of these guys. It's and Will has said this probably forty times on this podcast. It should be a rotating cast at wide receiver because eventually somebody's got to work out. We thought Demarcus Robinson sucked for like eight weeks, and then he went off for one hundred and twenty yards on nine catches. Well, and, you know and that I mean? wasn't like, that just that game either. He's had a couple really good games. Recently. No, but that was the that was the that was the the breakout point. Before yeah, yeah. that, I don't think he had really done much. You know, and again, he hadn't had many looks either, but. Eventually, you gave him looks, and it worked out. You know, fucking wild theory. Maybe put Andy Isabella in there. Maybe put Shamar Bridges, Benjamin Victor. Again, it's, uh, who the fuck? The, the fucking fake Michael Thomas that we just signed. Yeah, Again, right. he, should, he should just be on our 53-man roster because of why the fuck not at this point? Well, he's, and the, he's, the better, he's, the, he's the better Michael Thomas. Yeah, you know why? Because he can walk. His legs and feet function properly. Uh, the fact that, you know, again, we're talking about Mike Evans. What has Mike Evans done this year? More than Michael more, Thomas. More than Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, again, like, we're, we're getting bogged down in details. We're getting mad at each other over fucking nothing here. Like, the, the yeah, problem well, so, here but is like, it's Andy wrong. Isabella is, like, made for this fucking offense. It didn't, didn't we design this offense around wide receivers being, like, Short uh, small, fast, yeah. small, fast guys who can move the defense, and then that opens it up for tight ends? Like, yeah, so... You're not going to be able to put three fucking guys on Mark Andrews if you have, uh, you know, a blazing fast midget who can run past you. So, you know, we just I, 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 I don't understand why Roman is so dedicated to this. What, whatever the fuck he's doing. It's like every single week now he looks at the tape and he's like, man, that wasn't working. I think I should just like do it harder and maybe it'll work this time. It's like that uh, that office meme. No, Greg Roman is that fucking that goofy meme from the fucking fake courthouse video. Yeah, I'll, like, I'll fucking, fucking do, it do it again. I'll, I'll fucking yeah. do it again while he's covered in blood. Like again, that, that is Greg Roman. Oh, that that didn't work. Oh, I'll fucking do it again. And yeah. it's just it's it's fucking it's absurd. Like I'm just so fucking tired of seeing this fat retard in the booth. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. I don't well, even care at this point. <laughs> I, I mean, I felt that in. For it's gone. <laughs> yeah. But no. So the invisible thing didn't. Hold on. Didn't, I gotta get it. Hold on, I gotta get this one too. I gotta capture didn't, it. Uh, uh, Keep it up there. Hold on. Uh, but didn't Andy Isabella cook us in a preseason, <laughs> right. and then Eric DaCosta fell in love with him, and then he gets him, and then doesn't even activate him yet? EDC loves fast midgets. 
I mean, like this is just known. I, I, any fast midget that becomes available, UDC wants. Hold on. That's fine. Uh, again, now, I, I think we, as Ravens Twitter in general, I think people shit on DaCosta way too much because, again, I think he, he's carrying out the 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 game plan that he's given by the coaches, by the people who, who you know, who deploy the personnel. So it would be I've been making fun of him for liking fast midgets for years. So this is this is this well predates any Twitter takes. I get that. It's just, just like he, he's, he, yeah. I, I, you know, if it, it's not a bad thing. If we're laying blame, it's not a bad yeah, thing. but we're blaming people here. And the, the the only two people who deserve blame for what's happening with this offense are John Harbaugh for allowing Greg Roman to continue to call the offense and to design the offense uh, and Greg Roman for everything we've already said. And honestly, John Harbaugh is making UDC look like a fucking asshole because EDC goes out and signs the Andy Isabellas of the world, and then they turn into fucking memes. I mean, again, I have people trying to do wellness checks on Andy Isabella because nobody's fucking seen him since he signed here. We tweeted like what the I, I went back and looked at the Ravens Twitter account. They tweeted when they signed him to the practice squad, and there has not been another word about him uttered by the team. Remember the last what was, wasn't it like uh, two weeks ago when um, when when Victor got activated? They they uh, posted a video of Victor running routes and Andy Isabella was, was in the background, but but oh yeah, it was Bridges, but Andy Isabella was in the background, but he was wearing Justin Tucker's jersey, so nobody noticed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's but it's just like like why 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 sign these guys and then not put them on the active roster? What what do we gain from having James Prochet out there for fucking three snaps a game to drop two balls and not do shit? He needs to be inactive this week. No, he, he needs to. to be released. He needs to be gone. What does he do? I mean, I, I I agree with you, obviously, but at the very least, he can't be active. No, I, he just he's a waste of space. Again, like I'm sure he's a really nice guy. I'm sure he's a great positive attitude for the fucking locker room. He sucks balls at football. So get him the fuck off the team. Put somebody else there. Yeah, the only plays I can remember that involve him over the are past bad. month are that fucking interception he threw into quadruple or quintuple coverage, whatever you want to call it. And um, that the two plays this past week where he blew it on fourth down, both times where they designed plays the fact, for him. Harbaugh went on the mic after the game and said, those were designed plays for project. So like, is this and a- I don't get, are, are, is that him sticking up for Prochet or is that him throwing Prochet under the bus? I don't understand it. Like, is he trying, uh, is, is that him trying to like, I thought that was pretext for him firing Greg Roman. I thought that he was putting that out there after the fucking game to be like, hey, look at this moron that I have calling plays. He designed plays for James Prochet. Oh, you're fired, Greg. But he's like, I have faith in our guys. Yeah, or is he giving cover to to Greg Roman? Like, well, he drew up these great plays for James Prochet and Prochet just couldn't get it done because James Prochet has this long fucking history of of being a a clutch performer. He was great against Eli Apple, and that's about it. And had a random good game against Denver while we were winning by two scores the entire game. So I the just last, I, the last thing you want as a Ravens receiver is have a coach publicly say we're going to get you the ball more because you will go into the fucking doghouse. It happened with Duvernay, and then uh, Harbaugh did it halfway through the season with Prochet. Yeah, but Prochet has been three years of sucking. Like again, great, you can catch the ball off a fucking jugs machine. Oh, you ran up a fucking mountain. Oh, let me sell my eighty dollar butterfly t shirt. Like, just fuck off already. Get me someone who catches the fucking ball and does something. I yeah, still no, he's not good. He's I not still good. yeah, I still can't understand how a sixth round wide receiver, a sixth round wide receiver, is a fucking flyer. Like, you draft that guy, you look at him through one training camp, 
you maybe let him stick around. Maybe he makes the roster that first year, but if he doesn't perform, if he doesn't sh- make his way into the starting lineup, or at least as like the you know next man up, and like he rotates Special in, makes a, kick, makes a kick couple plays, day. he's never had an impact at any point. But somehow he's made it through all through through three full fucking seasons. And I know you know injuries have 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 benefited him, where it's like, oh, I guess we can't get rid of him because we we need wide receiver depth. How but, we went and signed Des Bryant's fucking corpse to play over him? I know because but, of injuries. We, yeah. we went and signed Deshaun Jackson's corpse to go play over him. We've signed all these fucking washed up old people to to take snaps in front of him. And nobody will admit that he's just not good. I feel like it's a fucking like running joke on Twitter that I'm not a part of. That everybody's like, "Oh, we're just going to say James Prochet is really good and he's going to contribute to the team." Is James Prochet like maybe uh, like Steve's like nephew or something? Like I, he's got to have he's something. What is, he's got to have something on, on somebody. Like how is he still here? I just don't get it. And it's not like I'm like, well, he's blocking someone else from being here. We just don't need him. I, I, like him yeah, being here is useless. a detriment to the team. Every time it, it, he steps it, on the field, something bad happens. I just I don't get it. Like what what is the what is the fucking the logic behind this? Like he has no upside. He's small. He's not fast. He can't separate. He's got good hands, but they don't really translate to an NFL game because he doesn't get open enough to catch the ball. Like he really he, he doesn't do anything on special teams. He doesn't field punts. He doesn't return kicks. He's not like a great gunner or something like that. Where he's not he's, fast. Know, he's slow. Yeah. So he doesn't yeah, even he get just, the profile. He does, he does literally nothing. Like there, there is no no contribution that he makes to the team, and yet he's still here. I just do not get it. Collecting a fucking paycheck for doing absolutely nothing. Like he's basically on unemployment from the Ravens at this point. Just free fucking money going into his account every week for no contribution at all. Now, um, what do we think about uh, Marcus Peters? So have they said? Have they said how long he's out for? He has a calf strain. So the only report so far is rap sheet saying he'll be out a short while. That kind of definitely this week. Yeah. Sounds like, I don't know, maybe Cincinnati's back or the playoffs. That's just trying to interpret that. Strains always, you know, strains always scare me because they're not like, it's not a defined injury. Like that could be next week he's out or that could be the rest of the season he's out. I feel like that's kind of like the way they described Bateman's injury when he first got hurt too. It was like, oh yeah. You know, it's not that serious. It's a it's a midfoot strain or whatever, like a midfoot injury. It was very vague. Um, My question is, like, who is going to play outside cornerback? Who's who's going to play opposite? It's going to be Brandon. Great. (laughs) Somewhere out there, we can get get him back. Third best wide receiver. Third best uh, corner. Third best corner. Well, every single guy we had last year who uh, who walked, so Westry, um, Tavon Young, I think actually is out there. So uh, maybe, was on IR. maybe, well, he no, he was released from IR. I think I think he was on IR and then released from IR. So and I don't he, want him he, playing outside. He claimed he was never hurt, but he wouldn't play outside though. He, I guess he would. He would play. Guy. Yeah, well, he would play slot, and then we'd still have Stevens outside. Um, I don't know. I'm a little nervous about that. You try Kyle not, Hamilton outside? I don't, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, you put Hamilton outside and you shade Marcus Williams over the top of wherever he is. But then then you're leaving Chuck Clark on an island. So that that's probably an issue. Could be. It's not great no matter what. It's not great. I mean, and and there's not like, uh, who's walking the street? That That's an Richard upgrade. Sherman? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I, that's, that's how desperate we are at this point. I mean, he's probably better than Brandon Stevens outside. Is Pepe Williams hurt? Like he was inactive last week. But he's another slot guy. Yeah, I just like I'd rather have depth 
you know, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. Marlon's been playing a lot of slot too, so we're just gonna have a bunch of slot corners on the field. I don't, I don't even not... know if I at this point if I consider Stevens to be a fucking cornerback. He's more of like a a like a you, a dime linebacker. Like a he, he he's not he's not a great cornerback. He he's no, sort he was, of like a he's like a Swiss Army knife guy. You he know, was a running back three years ago. Yeah, he's a like, DB. The, you know, he's a yeah. DB. He'll he'll play he'll he, he'll play back there. He can make a tackle. His coverage is, you know, he can play in spots, but I don't know. I, for a whole game, I don't know. Luckily, Atlanta's receivers aren't aren't very good, uh, and their quarterback. Yeah, we have fucking Kavon Seymour, Daryl Worley playing outside on Saturday. Is that is that what we're going to see for? Christmas well, yeah, Eve? I bet you. I bet, I bet that's what we're going to see. Worley's going to be uh, for the nineteenth time this year. He's going to be signed from the practice squad. Then he's probably going to be released and re-signed to the practice squad on next Monday. You think Jimmy Smith's in game shape? He might be. Uh, shit, give yeah. him a fucking call. Uh, that's yeah, fine with me. That's well, that's one on the street I didn't think of. So yeah, that I think yeah. that would be he better. Retired, than... Didn't he? I don't think he. Um, I mean, yes. I don't know if he officially retired though. Like with the uh, NFL, I uh, think it. I think it's pretty easy to unretire. Yeah, I just again. Brett Favre like, did it several times. Yeah, but Brett Favre probably didn't fill out the paperwork. He's he's a big fraud guy. So I mean, there's a good chance that he didn't, you know, file paperwork correctly or collected funds that he shouldn't have for. Yep, d- like, didn't like, sign it. Mississippi. To get back to Brandon Stevens, Kyle Hamilton is what they wanted Brandon to be, and Brandon's good enough to be that. That's the reality of that situation. Right. Brandon Stevens again, is, Mark, is, a, is a depth piece, period. That's all, really all he is. Again, Brandon Stevens was a running back until his junior year in college, and then we took him in the third round. Right. So, like, again, this is, this is the EDC problem of he continues to reach on guys who are a good idea. But takes them way too early. Maybe Justice you know Hill, you know who we should call Sean Wade. I think he's actually on the Patriots fifty three though, isn't he? I don't know. We should. You know, call hold up. you know who we should call Iman Marshall. That's who we should fucking call. But we don't have his number, so we can't. Is, is he a real again? Another one. Is he a real person? I'm more real than he is. <laughs> that's that's fucking saying a lot too. Uh, that's saying a lot. <laughs> Grant with the head shake and the muting the mic. Grant. <laughs> oh, we haven't made fun of Grant yet this week. Yeah, so uh, I'm a little nervous about our our defense and how it, it could suffer uh, in the secondary because the secondary, you know, I think the um, the pass defense, you know, we were ranked wherever we were last or near the bottom of the league in pass defense for a long time. But I always said that's not a secondary issue. That was no. they were picking on like Patrick Queen was accounting for a lot of that. Linebackers were getting killed, and yeah. the defense is completely different since Roquan showed up. So, um, I don't know if John if John Ross puts on the cowboy collar. I feel like he could play some outside corner. Well, just you know, let's. I guess you know. Well, I just have to wait and see. Um, I'm, I'm nervous. Not that Matrick, uh, not, not that Marcus Peters has been, uh, you know, lighting the world on fire or anything. He's been sort of our like weak link on the defense a lot of times. Um, but see, being the weak link in our secondary is not really that bad, though. No, like, and right, and what he what he has, you know, obviously his mistakes have shown up in big in you know in a big way a lot of times. But at the same time, him just being on the field, I think, has been beneficial a lot of the time as well. So, yeah. uh, it, it just his his presence matters, and he plays so physical. So even though he might be getting cooked a couple times a game in coverage. He's been making tackles. He's been a fucking, he's been attacking the ball carrier behind the line of scrimmage. So he's, I think that will be missed. Um, it makes me a little bit nervous, but 
I don't even know if you can call Atlanta a trap game since we just lost to a fucking shitty team with a rapist quarterback. Uh, I mean, you know, Desmond Ritter three points. sucks, though. We Desmond should feast on him. I, I, I'm a little I'm, – I'm mad that Marcus is out because I think this would be a, like a get-right game for him to just fucking, you know, have a so couple picks. Let, and, yeah, and, but Brandon Stevens gets a couple picks and all of a sudden thinks that he's fucking good, and maybe that carries us till Marcus is healthy. Hopefully, hopefully Marcus is just a one week injury. It's just like a rest thing. If it's a strained calf and it just requires him to take it easy for, you know, and and it it's an extended, it, it's not a long one, but he gets an extra day because it was a Saturday game. So if he can get that extra time between games, you know, hopefully that's all he needs. Because I think yeah. we do need him against Pittsburgh and then against, uh, that's what we, get. we have. We have oh, Pittsburgh, yeah. then Cincinnati, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we definitely so, for Cincy. We need about- his physicality for those two games. For sure, you're about to see Seymour uh, on the outside like Corey Ivy back. <laughs> That's oh, what you God. think that you think that Seymour will play outside. I wouldn't surprise me one bit. You think they'll and, just rotate I mean, him and and Stevens, or do you think that they're gonna go like heavy with Seymour? Stevens is a penalty hog too. Like the dude just doesn't know how to like defend down the field. Like right. he's more of a box guy, like inside twenty guy. And and that's another problem that I have with this defense is like we're going back to that Dean Peace prevent shit when it doesn't even need to happen. Like the soft coverage from the corners, like we talked about it before. You know, you have Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters. You got these physical guys in the slot. You know, Pepe Williams is physical. Brandon Stevens is physical, and you're not press manning. And even in like third and eight situations, you're running soft coverage. Yeah. Third and 22, you're giving up eight an 18 yard completion because your next defender at the linebacker level is 22 yards down the field playing the sticks. Like that's just fucking stupid. That's elementary. That's, and that's, that's, to play college. It safe. that's, that's college football. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why it's happening is again, Mike McDonald has had one year of calling plays and it was in college before this. And you can see that he, he calls plays like he's still playing college kids. But there's no experience, just, guy, and that's where my issues with John Harbaugh step in. Like you have to be the guy as the head coach, and John Harbaugh has a secondary coaching, so you got to be the guy that steps in and says, "Hey, man, it's different at this level," or like the coaching meetings or whatever the fuck it is. He's got to be able to step in and at least have some kind of consultation. He doesn't. He can't. Yeah. And then Grant, you I think the, you stepped away. Grant, I think you'd stepped away. Do you agree with me? Brandon Stevens isn't even – I wouldn't even call him a cornerback. I call him a defensive back, and I think he trends more towards safety or, like, dime, dime linebacker. Like, I think he's sort of like a Chuck Clark more so than a than a than an outside corner, I th- just the way yeah. he plays. I think he was drafted to be Chuck Clark's replacement, but he can't hold up to it. And even as bad as Chuck Clark is, he's better than Brandon Stevens. Right. right I can now. let Gino Stone I mean, play outside. Are, are we really, like – I mean, obviously – the the GM makes the picks, but I mean Brandon Stevens went from running back to corner to safety back to corner. I mean that's got to kind of fuck someone's development pretty pretty oh, easily. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't mean, blame it, Stevens at all, and I think no. Stevens has made plays and he's done everything he's been asked to do. So like I don't like I'm not shitting on Brandon Stevens by any means. It's just admit you know it it sounds like I am because. If Brandon Stevens is our starting outside cornerback this week, I'm, it makes me very nervous because we so, watched him get fucking abused by Zay Jones two weeks ago. Yeah. Well, weeks my ago. thing is too is he was EDC's IPA pick. Like he's edgy, you know. That's his edgy pick. You know, his project that he's going to find a diamond in the rough. He has an IPA in the fucking pick third round. Year. But that's what Justice Hill was too. Justice Hill was a guy named Hill who went to Oklahoma State who was a running back, and that's what Tyreek Hill was. 
And it was a guy that has pass catching ability and EDC thought you could put him out wide and turn him into a wide receiver. And again, EDC always has one of these picks in every draft, Ben Mason. Again, Ben Mason was potentially your Ricard or your Boyle replacement for cheap in the fifth round. It's just looked like a fucking big brain move and it just didn't work out. You know, Dylan Mack, another one. Like it just seems that every draft EDC has this guy who he takes way earlier than he should. That's supposed to turn into this great player, and he just ne- they never pan out. And it's fine to take gambles. Uh, I'm okay yep. with that. Like you know, drafting yeah. is an exact science, but it's when you take them that matters. Dylan Mack was a weird one because he flashed early, and then it was just like he kind of like fell off the radar with them. But when he got playing time his rookie year and came in, like he flashed. Like I thought he was going to be so. I thought he was going to be better than what Broderick Washington was going to be. Broderick Washington's been balling out. Yeah, and that's another guy that we're going to overpay, that we're going to sign to some fucking, you know, three-year, you know, $16 million contract extension that pays him a million five next year, and then it's going to pay him like $9 million next year, and we're going to look fucking stupid. Well, we do the we do those contracts and we back-end them, but we don't mm-hmm. do what you're supposed to do when you back-end them. You either extend them to shorten it out, like the, the, yearly, the yearly salary, or you convert it to a team option and have the back end more structured to a team option to where you can get out of it. We don't do that. We just just pay them whatever the fuck we want to pay them. Unless like they can find a way to get a dead money. But we have so much fucking dead money all the time because of these bad contracts that you, you can't have the flexibility. I mean, we, we are always, I, I might be wrong, but I feel like we're always in the top five, maybe top seven of dead money every year. Other than teams who have guys like, you know, retire or, you know, some, something unforeseen like that in terms of like planned dead money, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. way up there in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're okay with having a guy in the books for $10 million, cutting him to save six and eating that four yeah, every time. It's terrible. And it's fucking stupid. And it, it's, you know, but we're not, we're not, you know, we don't want to do the void years and we don't want to do the, uh, the more, you know, obvious cap manipulations. It makes no sense to me. So, given we've kind of touched on the Falcons game a little bit, do we want to do more census preview or just get into the score and the pants combination? And probably um, just the scores. I mean, the game's pretty simple. Like, you know, fucking score more than three points and stop Cordero Patterson. And I feel like there's – and Kyle Pitts, too. I have a no, uniform prediction of when, when we do that. I, I have a very specific – I thought about this. Uh, so, w- whenever we want to do that, I have a – Do I, you want to start us off with that? Sure. Let's get, let's get us into it. Yeah. So uh, Saturday's Christmas Eve. Uh, Christmas is the celebration of uh, the birth of Jesus for those who celebrate. Um, the season in the, the uh, I don't know if it's all of Christianity, but certainly in Catholicism is Advent. The main color of Advent is purple. They're going to go purple on purple, not color rush, purple on purple. That's my prediction. We haven't done it all year. We usually do it once a year. I think we see purple on purple. It has been uh, neutral, I believe. It's a one and one that we're at with uh, purple and purple. So there's really no uh, it, it. And I don't know that Lamar's playing, so my my stats don't matter if Lamar's not the the starter. But my prediction's purple on purple. I'm going to go with uh, purple purple pants, black jerseys. Yeah, I'm with I, I would I like to see that pants, black jerseys. I would like to see that. Yeah, I'm I'm on that train too. Purple pants, black jerseys. I feel like this is the game where they do it. You know, this is the this is our lot. No, we have the Steelers game's a home game, right? That's New Year's. 
Yeah, yeah, it yeah, yeah. It's a home game. So yeah, I think they got purple pants, black jerseys, but I still don't see us really putting up many points. So I'm going to say 17 to 10. So I agree with Will. I think it's going to be purple on purple with the regular jersey number, not the color rush. I think they're going to reserve the black jersey Steelers week. That'll be the last yeah. time we're black the entire season. And obviously I'll have the caveat. If Lamar plays, I'm going 17-6 Ravens. If he doesn't play, I'm going 9-6 to Ravens. I have zero faith in this offense scoring a touchdown. If Lamar plays, I have them. I have enough faith in them scoring one touchdown. And the Falcons have a receiving core of, I think his name's Olamita Zacchaeus, yep. Drake London, who hasn't really panned out all that well for him so far. Kyle Pitts is out for the year, so your your best options with a rookie quarterback making his second start on the road are Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, which I mean, Patterson's a very nice player who finally found his way after years of being a journeyman and just an electric kick return. He found something in Atlanta, so he's the one to stop. He's the one to stop, and if you let Zacchaeus or one of those depth receivers go off for 100 yards on you, even if Brandon Stevens is covering you, shameful. Absolutely, totally, completely unforgivable and shameful. And like y'all said earlier, Bar John Harbaugh, I used to defend him. I'm I'm done. It's it's over. Fuck it. Fuck that. But yes, in short, I think Lamar plays and I'm going 17th purple on purple. So if Lamar, if Lamar plays, we win 24-10. If Lamar doesn't play, we win 18 to 10 with six field goals. Uh all right. S- score prediction. I'm, I feel like it's one of these games where um, we have no business improving, but somehow the team, you know, we saw Mark Andrews fucking have a hissy fit this today, like defending the coaching and everything else. And John Harbaugh, uh, you know, shit talking people like us who sit at the end of the bar. But I feel like no matter who the quarterback is, somehow this week, the offense is going to show up. We're going to score points. I'm going to say we're going to win. With Lamar, 27-10. Without Lamar, 21-10. I can live with that. I, um, maybe this is a little bit of hoping, um, but I think with Lamar, and I don't think we've done it all season. No, we haven't. Um, I'm going to say we win 40-17. to 17, um, And without Lamar, I'm going to say we win 17-13. Um, um, I just think... Like, there has to be – like, something has to go well for us once. Like, we're, we're having players constantly get injured. Um, you know, the team's kind of spiraling a little bit. Um, I just feel like there's got to be one game where we just absolutely trounce somebody. And we haven't had that all season. So, I feel like this could be the game or, you know, we could lose. But, I mean, uh, Atlanta's a dumb team. They're coming up to Baltimore to play in seven-degree weather in a away game, AFC game. Maybe just like a whole bunch of funky stuff could happen. And I feel like – with the rookie quarterback. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we got the Lizard King back, and he's on an active roster because we playing him off waivers. So he's going to play. You can't just send him down. Um, so maybe maybe, maybe Sammy Watkins does something, you know. Once again, probably wishful thinking, but I feel I just feel like if as long as Lamar plays, things, things might uh, swing our way. I think we this is finally the week where we see the defense actually score points too. So – We've had a couple of games where the defense, like, uh, there's there's a, a touchdown that should have been scored that the refs took away from us because they call they called a play dead that shouldn't have been called dead on a turnover. Um, I think the defense scores a touchdown this week, regardless of what happens. So, um, I think the defense, like, with Bowser posting that, um, posting the the fire Greg Roman note, um, I don't think that was a, a coincidence that 
a, a guy on the defense posted that. I think the defense is pissed off. They're tired of it. They're, like I said earlier, I mean, they're holding teams to nine points, 13 points, 14 points. Like in the NFL, if you hold, te- if you are holding prof- other professional football teams to, to those scores, you should be winning games easily. You should be winning games by two scores. That's that all that requires is that you score a couple touchdowns and a field goal. Um, it's not, it's not hard. It shouldn't be, especially with the players we have, obviously n- not, uh, not giving any credit to our wide receivers whatsoever, but um, just the fact that we have the offensive line we do and the running backs that we have, the tight ends that we have, um, you know, we have quarterbacks that can run the ball, even if they can't uh, do anything throwing it. So the defense should be pissed off that, that so much weight is on their shoulders every fucking week. So uh, speaking of uh, Tyus Bowser and the fire, Greg, hold on. Whose TV is on? Whose TV is on? Jake. It's Grant. Mm, fucking Grant, as usual. It's on like 10. You can hear Turn that? To zero. I can hear it. Yeah. Asshole. On mute and my fucking, TV's on. Those are definitely George Pickens highlights on fucking repeat or Sauce Gardner. But, um, no, 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 one, no, one, last, one last caveat to our game for scoring predictions. Good. If Anthony Brown plays more than a quarter of football, I'm going to say we score 23 points. I add that caveat in. Okay. So, Will brought up the uh, Tyus Bowser incident of the uh, fire Greg Roman stuff. Um, we, have a, we have a guest here who I think might be responsible for it. And my, my theory on that is that we met Yuri at uh, Pickett Brewery. It was a pretty crowded bar and just kind of snuck up on us. Didn't see him come in at all. Kind of like an unassuming guy. You know what I mean? Um, I've never seen the DMs between him and Tyus Bowser. I feel like it could have been a, you know orchestrated hit by Tyus Bowser there. Pissed off defense guy. You know, wants the offense to score. And Brian put out a uh, nice thread of people doing handwriting assessment, and Yuri did not, you know, submit. Well, one. I have something to add to that too. Yuri was wearing a backpack at Pickett Brewing, and also, I, when fair, he was, fair. I saw him when he was fleeing the party because he got kicked out because he's he's fourteen. He's not allowed in the in the building. They kicked him out, and when he was running away, the loose leaf paper was flying out of the backpack. I saw it, so. All all signs point to Yuri being the bandit who who wrote those notes and and uh, and covered you know uh, the castle steps. Now that being said, good job. We're we're behind you, but you you can you can admit it was you. Support oh, your credit. Now, it, it. I mean, you guys seen the handwriting. I mean, I'll, I'll submit. Um, you know, I'll submit it to Brian's post. I mean, you know, let it judge for yourself. But uh, yeah, me and Tyus were pretty close. Um, you know, he, he DM me a while back and he said, man, I need a favor. Um, I can't do it, but, um, I can let you in. I said, all right. And, you know, he let me through, he, he shut off all the cameras. I made it through, um, dropped those papers, uh, you know, just something I just had to do, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, it's kind of like an addiction. I, I just need to write five red rum and blue leaf paper and, and scatter it. Like, you know, I mean, Hey, you know, they could find out that it was me. I kind of left a few clues and trails and stuff like that, but um, I, I think you know, I, hopefully, I'm safe. Hey, you got to I mean, You've just been you've been you've been real quiet about it online. You know, I'm 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 taking shots left and right. People saying it's me. A lot of people throwing uh, nitty under the bus there. You know, I, I just I, I feel like it had to be you. And yeah, Theo, I'm, Theo, I'm, and Ose, and and yeah. So you know, Yuri is admitting it was him, hundred percent. Um, so mystery solved. And people need to stop with the the racist accusations against all our other friends. That's not right. So it was definitely Yuri. 
Hey, hey, I mean, I'm proud of him. It was a great move. Me too. He did it for all of us. He did it for all of us. Unfortunately, you know, Mr. Harbaugh didn't listen, but, you know, let's fight another day. Well, and he he said to people at the end of the bar, hey, John, like I said, Yuri can't even sit at the bar. Idiot. Yeah. We got him. We got him real. Not even allowed in the bar. Yeah. That's not true. Allegedly. We don't admit to crimes on this podcast. That's uh, that's against our uh, code of conduct here. Nobody blamed Grant because we Grant's not real. He's just a, a hologram. It sits in front of a oh, uh, hologram. Hologram would get through security, though. It's true. Grant is an is a holographic amalgamation of the three of us because he has my ginger beard and the two of you combined. We we touched on this last week, and this is just further confirmation. Couldn't have been him. Holograms have yet to transition into our plane of existence to actually be able to move freely. So the simulation is not broken yet. That we know of. That we know of. That we know of. I mean, I may, I may use a hologram plant this papers. Hey, you must, yeah. uh, you must have forgot about Tupac, the, the Tupac hologram performance. I have not forgotten about that, but I mean, holograms can't write notes and, and leave them behind. Th- those were real notes. Well, offensive coordinators with Waffle House menus can't call plays, but here we are. Fair point. <laughs> they can call them. They, they can't call them well, though. Well, I mean, that wasn't very well written either on the loose leaf paper. So uh, I feel like we have some. Uh, I feel like we have some more investigating to do on this. Um, Plot twist: Greg Roman did it. No, I said that already. That was that was uh, my fifth option to it. Um, he wanted Christmas Eve off, so yeah, he didn't want to miss out on the buffet at his house. That fuck. He's definitely having ham. Hundred percent having ham. To be fair, my uncle's having ham, and I was invited to that dinner. So I am Christmas. So, uh, we're we're saying that Greg Roman is having a ham to himself, not not ham like yeah. normal people have. Oh, there you go. Like, like a the- full like a full honey glazed ham to himself. Would, wouldn't that he be called? Up. Wouldn't that be considered cannibalism? He goes up. <laughs> he goes up to get a plate of food. He has an empty plate, and he comes back with just a, a whole ass spiral like- ham on his. plate. His plate. No, he just he take, he leaves his plate up there and just takes the tray back with him. He has the he has the the fork that like the fork for cutting the ham, but he just stabs it in there and picks it up and eats it like a fucking lollipop. Are you thinking about green eggs and ham? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. That's Craig Rome. or Booth Bitch, as I called him over the weekend, because you know I was somewhat in the bag and didn't want to call him by his fucking name. God, that guy fucking pisses me off. Should we touch on the war criminal too? Just because he's uh, resurfaced on Twitter. Yeah, we can always touch on that. Yeah, for sure. We need to so get that, in. This, this is the uh, second episode in a row that we're going to trash a uh, Denver area you know, radio host. Uh, last week, it was Derek Wolf and his taxidermy wife, as Will so nicely put about her. Um, this week, we have Benjamin Albright, who decided to resurface on Twitter. I think a lot of people are not aware of the fact that he is an admitted war criminal. Um, he, no, he no, no. It. Drew. He's a he's a whistleblower. So his defense of that blows my fucking mind because in the article, you know, there's a Mother Jones article out there. If you Google Ben Albright, Mother Jones, it's a whole thing called "Am I a Torturer?" and he goes through this whole fucking long ass interview with this lady, you know, talking about his time in Iraq and or Afghanistan, where the fuck he was. I don't even care. Talking about how he would lock prisoners in a, you know, basically the back of an eighteen wheeler. Um, yeah, con- the conics box. You know, yeah, deprive them of food and water for up to 48 hours, make them stand in weird positions, you know, zip tie their hands behind their back, put blindfolds on, blast like ACDC music and bang on the thing, make sure that they don't sleep, and then would question them. And so his defense of saying that he is not a war criminal is that he did this for years and then went to, you know, the brass up top of the military and said, oh, by the way, we've been doing this and it's bad. 
And that's his defense is that he's like, oh, I, I'm a whistleblower. It's like, yeah, that doesn't untorture the prisoners, pal. Like, I just, I don't understand why we continue to give platforms to fucking losers like that. And I'm on top of that. If you look up Ben Albright, he used to, you know, be big on, uh, he, he claimed he was trolling most of the time. Um, he faked being hacked at one point. He got into a, um, a little Twitter battle with a Barstool sports podcast. They were doing a um, investigative report on his service, basically, after that Mother Jones story. Uh, claimed that some things didn't line up with his DD-214, I think is what it's called. That's like mm-hmm. your service record. Yeah. Um, and so the producer of the show, you know, basically called him and like asked him some questions. He freaked the fuck out, faked being hacked. Um, I actually posted a screenshot of the tweet on my Twitter where it was in Russian, but it didn't translate DMs, like, you know, capital D, capital M, S. Basically, the hacker had said that I have your DMs in Russian, but it didn't translate over. And then he went back and deleted all of his old tweets. If you look at all of his old tweets, he's been to like seven different law schools. Like he got into Harvard, Yale, all these great law schools didn't go. He played football at basically every University of Arkansas campus. And there's no, you know, no, no record of him ever going to University of Arkansas. Um, claimed he grew up in, you know, the east side of Chicago during Jordan's era. But at the same time, he was saying that he was on the West Coast somewhere during that. Um, his grandparents came over from Nazi Germany after a failed plot to help to kill Hitler. But then he's also, they were whistleblowers. It's a, yeah, it's, a fan, whistle- it's a family, they, uh, family tradition. It, it's literally the plot of the movie, uh, Valkyrie is what he claims his grandparents were. But then also <laughs> he claims that he's half Jewish and half native American. So I don't really know how you come over from Nazi Germany and you're half Jewish and half native American. doesn't really work. Like clearly the it's a, he's a pathological liar. Yeah, and then he has the audacity to get angry with me for pointing out that he's a fucking war criminal. I don't really throw that accusation around lately. Um, I mean, it, it's real. Like he, it's his own words. I mean, he has said that he tortured prisoners. It's the letter of the law. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm just regurgitating his own words, and he's like, oh, you know, if you are attacking me, and I, 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 he came up on my radar. I'm, I, I'm always blocked by him, but because I'm on the new account, he hadn't blocked me yet. And he was tweeting about Lamar leaving and how he was going to go to the Falcons. So actually, if Lamar plays, it's another good uh, another good reason for him to fucking bury the Falcons is to prove people that he doesn't want to play there. Well, and let's not forget who uh, Ben Albright, why he sort of like entered our orbit and why why we especially uh, have <laughs> negative feelings towards him. Who's he aligned with? A, a certain clan member from uh, Annapolis, Maryland that we, uh, we don't mention her name on the podcast. Well, it's interesting that he has this long history of making up stories about uh, you know, his past and his associations and his uh, achievements and his, you know, his grandparents being uh, apparently like saving the world from Nazis. And one of his his good online friends also is known as someone who's made up some stories uh, about their past Nazi. and present. Yeah. 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 Noted clan member. Right. Um, alle- allegedly. This is all alleged. I- I've never seen pictures of her at a clan meeting. Uh, I'm sure that they're out there, but we just, you know, we again, just well, we all, all, all we are absolutely sure of is some, some, uh, some sentiments that she's expressed about people who tend to be targets of, of the clan. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's, I think, you know, it's, it's more of a, it, it's, it's a conclusion we've drawn. It's not necessarily, uh, you know, again, like you said, it's, it, it's, it's only alleged, but you know, Ben, ben we're just connecting dots. Are, just connecting dots. Yeah. 
See, the difference is Ben Albright's lies are documented. Okay, so there's documented proof that he's lying about all these things. There's documented proof that he's a war criminal. There's some documented proof to back up the other person's lies. Her views on minorities, not, you know, they're, they're documented. What, what she does in her free time is not really as well documented. No, no, no. Right. There's no, certainly no one documenting that. No, nor, no other than, nor would anyone want to. I don't think so. Cause they, they no, might get stuck just, with, they might get stuck with her bar tab. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard she likes to walk out on those. So again, does it hates, hates small business as well. Yeah. Important just for, to know. Has it has a habit of forgetting her, her, uh, her debit her, card, her credit card. Yeah. So she'll hit you on Venmo, but sometimes it's locked. So, you know, um, super follower money hasn't come through it. No. Right. It's hard. First of the month. You know, yeah. it's tough. It's struggle tough being, off, a con- it's t- it's tough being an analyst. It's tough being an analyst. Unpredictable yeah, income. So. Yeah. You know, just doesn't pay like it used to. No, definitely not. Those USA Today checks, man, they were nice, but you know, start yeah. start letting the N word fly on Twitter, and that 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 income source it just dries up real quick. Then then you're you're on your own. Yeah, I mean, she hit the trifecta with the uh, the N word, you know, the homophobic slurs and the uh, slights on the Asian community. Yep, that's yep. you know, pretty pretty wild stuff. Yeah. Uh, if that happened to me, I might have to go to trauma therapy for a while just to get over the fact that I tweeted all those in my mid twenties and then got caught for it. I know for a fact if that happened to me, I wouldn't be able to walk my dog. I'd be, I'd, I'd fear for my safety. If it happened, if that happened to me, I would write a notes app apology where I didn't actually apologize for anything and just told people that there wasn't a racist or homophobic bone in my body and that I refuse to be painted that way. Right. I mean, what? you've you've read her stuff. You know that that's not her. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just definitely not who she is. You know, the 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 history is there, the writing's there, but that's not who she is. Right. You know, you've read her she's stuff. Th- she's, you've read her stuff. She's but, thirty-seven. But right, but you you've read her stuff. But the those things that you read that she wrote that had the N word in it and that were you know using tropes about Asian people and uh, you know homophobic slurs. Forget that you read that stuff. Forget that you read that because you read the other stuff. And she didn't use any of those terms in the, that other stuff. So obviously, the things that she did say that used those terms. Forget about that. Let's focus on the other stuff. You have to focus on the fact that, yeah, she was like 25 when she said that. But when she was 26, she worked for a charity. So I think that that, you know, makes up for it. I mean, listen, and yeah. when you're 25, you're basically a child. I mean, you know, you can't vote. You can't drive. You can't um, have a bank account. Nope. You can't have a job. You certainly can't, uh, you know, enlist in the military. You can't own a gun. You can't do any of those things when you're 25. Don't you know that? Yeah, I mean, when you're like 29 or 30, and you know you're making 28 to three jokes about a quarterback's uh, prematurely born children, like right. as long as you send them gifts, it's okay. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's you know, like that. That's what mature adults do. But when you're 25, you don't know any better. Like if she had sent some gifts to, um, you know, the communities that she slandered, it would have been okay. Right. But, exactly. You know, she didn't have she didn't have the foresight at 25 to do that kind of stuff. At 35, she did, but not at 25. You know, people people grow and mature sometimes. Yeah, and you know, and this year at age forty-five, we'll see what she's got in store. Maybe, maybe she's she's uh, matured even more. Well, I mean, if she didn't put on the COVID forty-five, maybe she'd be on OnlyFans now. But um, you know, that's that's just what I've been told by sources. I, I haven't I haven't seen that myself, so not not yeah. too sure. Uh, a highly accomplished saxophonist uh, has been outspoken about that. Well, see, the thing is, she stopped being able to walk her dog, so it wasn't really the COVID forty-five. I think that was unfair of him to uh, point out. There was really the lack of, you know, going outside due to fear for her safety. Well, and you know, in Texas, everything's bigger. So, uh, Tom, Tom was just making an observation. Oh, I didn't say it was Tom. We don't name our sources here. 
Wow, there's so many guys named Tom. It could be anybody. That's true. Well, there's a lot of Toms in Texas, I'm sure. A couple million, at least. At, at least a couple dozen who play saxophone. Yeah, and love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And hate Patrick Queen. Haven't gotten a haircut in a year. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, look like kind of like Kevin Bacon, but like the uh, older version of Kevin Bacon who take weird filtered selfies. Yeah, yeah so anyway, uh, Yuri, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, that was That was a lot. That was a lot to take in. Um, a lot of inside baseball going on there. Yeah. Um, but a few interactions with her, but whatever. Fuck. Yeah. So I just want to point out that um, that segment was brought to you by Iron Smoke Distillery and Wild Turkey. And Wild Turkey. So uh, if you if you come across this at the liquor store, I, I recommend it. Wild Turkey is a longtime sponsor of any of my takes. So um, anybody who's followed me for a while know that I, you know, America runs on Duncan, but I run on Wild Turkey 101. Yep. Iron smoke, casket strength, 120 proof, great bourbon. You won't be disappointed. And Grant, there you have Grant, Grant, we haven't heard from you for a while, and we're four minutes before your deadline. So why don't you why don't you uh just give us some parting thoughts? I don't even know what to say at this point. I think that the fact that we even have to have a conversation about this game Saturday and who should be fired is really annoying. We're having the same conversations every week. Um, but I don't feel good about any game moving forward um, until Lamar comes back, at least. Somebody that can make a play. He's the only one that can make a play. We're a bottom three team without him. Um, And I can't give my man Tom too much slack. You know, I'm not a Star Wars guy. Um, I can give him credit for the hair growing out because, you know, some of us got long hair and we just let it ride. Uh, but no, all in all, man, like it, this is a this is a game that needs to be a statement point. Um, I don't really have much else to say on it because I'm so annoyed that I'm fucking about fed up. Uh, I feel like we we've had to lash out at several individuals today to uh, kind of get our frustration out there. I'm I'm hoping that the Ravens, you know, follow suit and take their frustrations out on the Falcons. Um, I, I have some bad memories about Christmas games for the Ravens, though, so I'm not uh not overly enthused about Saturday, but. We'll see what happens. I'm hoping we see like a, a Mark Andrews revenge game, though, because uh, he's been shitty. I mean, I, I'm not even going to like miss he's words still. here. He's been bad since the yep. Jaguars game, I believe. Right. That's the one where he, he really it was, shit since the the shoulder, it was since the shoulder injury. He's not been the same. Right. He hasn't been the same, but he was bad. Like he lost the game for us against the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And since then, he's sort of just been a non-factor. And for him to be a non-factor with the contract he signed, it's top three tight end money, if not. I think top, top two. Top I, two. I think only Kelsey gets more than him. I think maybe Waller bumped him to three when he signed his extension. But yeah, but Waller was uh, less money overall, shorter okay. deal. You know, right. you don't pay drug you don't pay drug addicts, so that kind of makes sense. But we're talking about right now. Right now, how much is uh, yeah. where he's ranked? I think he's like six or seven. And Joku got paid a ridiculous amount of money. Oh yeah, Joku down. did get yeah, and, and and you know, so I think it's more about what you get paid when you get paid it. Because then the next guys get paid just market value. So like Mark Andrews sort of set the market because Kelsey is Kelsey. He's a separate separate case, I think. But uh, Mark Andrews being paid what he gets paid. And then the way he has a history of disappearing in big moments. This is not like a figment of my fucking imagination. This is this is has happened now since the the Tennessee playoff game in 2019 or I guess it was January 2020, but 2019 season. Uh, Mark Andrews is a, a, an amazing talent, but he has a habit of shrinking in the moment. And he single-handedly, in my opinion, lost us the game against the Jaguars. And since that game, 
he has not redeemed himself. And then today he went in front of a mic and went bananas on people and saying he doesn't give a shit, blah, blah, blah. Um, you can't talk like that unless you are performing up to the expectations or exceeding them. And he hasn't been doing that. So he's performing uh, like he is, and he's going to be watching the games from the end of the bar right next to us. So. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, like, you know, he, he's still, he, so like people are like, oh yeah, he's getting double covered, blah, blah, blah. He's still getting six points. So since his, his shoulder injury, he's getting 6.7 targets per game. He has a 55% catch rate. That's unacceptable. That's bad. He and is, there's drops, so right. it's not like they're and, bad throws. Exactly. Like so he is so and he is a tight end who basically plays wide receiver. When he's going out for when he's on a, a running a route, he is essentially a wide receiver. And whether he's double teamed or not, he is significantly bigger than every person who's covering him. He is just as athletic as every single person who's covering him. We're not talking about high degree of difficulty catches because these routes he's running are fairly simple crossers. And I mean, it's, it's designed to get the ball in his hands. So if it's, if that's the play design, it's not going to be a difficult catch. So he's just, he's not performing. So if you're going to go in front of a bunch of media people and they ask you a question, you get mad about it and you start screaming and saying, I don't give a shit. And you're, you know, you're defending your offensive coordinator and everything else. Well, if you want to defend your offensive coordinator, then make some fucking catches when the ball's thrown your way because they're designing plays for him. He's the only reliable, uh, you know, pass catching option we have as far as I'm concerned. So, um, you know, hopefully this week we see a Mark Andrews uh, resurgence. We need one. And, you know, uh, George Kittle, I think is regarded as like a top three tight end. And you look at his numbers this year, he's been really bad. He had a fucking awesome game this week. So maybe we see the same thing from Mark Andrews. Um, I don't know. I think the, I think the league in general is adjusting to tight ends. So, um, yeah, they were, they were the, they were the flavor of the month. Um, I'm just catching this about an hour and a half into us recording. Did you wear that sweatshirt on purpose? Don't yes. panic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're all panicked. So I feel like I've your worn this. Tw- kinda- I've worn this two times when we recorded. I forget the first time, but it was intentional that time also. I think it was after maybe the Giants game. I think I'm gonna have to bust out my. Uh, it doesn't matter. Everybody dies anyway. You know, because that's that's gonna be my uh, my. I mantra think that's from we... that's from the same line of uh, Barstool yes, hoodies. Yeah, it, yep. they're 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 gambling hoodies, obviously. So. Yeah, they're all you know great messages of yep. you know positivity and yeah. everybody dies and don't panic. Yeah, there's another one. It's a lot of there's a lot of game left, and I'm I will never wear that one in support of the Ravens because that one holds no holds no weight here. So well, it actually, holds yeah. weight in the opposite. Actually, yeah, it's a lot of games yeah. left for the other team to come back. Yeah, right. That's, exactly. That's the that's the opposite message that we want to be sending to our. Uh, well, our Greg Roman days. sees that that Greg Roman sees that message. He's like, not a not a lot of game left anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna eat up those those seconds. Yeah, you know, fucking, I'm gonna take a His whole treasures. forty seconds to get the play call in. Yeah, his treasures. Uh, uh, I lost. I lost my play call on my fucking Big Mac in the vault. I don't know what to do. <laughs> fucking dickhead. I don't say fuck Greg Roman. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I called him. I called him a slur earlier in the podcast. I just want to apologize to that community. It's not fair to lump you in with Greg Roman. You do not deserve to be compared to him. So that guy's just fucking different level of terrorist. Yeah, Kyle Barber too. Fucking pussy hiding tweets. I forgot about that one. That is pussy. You see shit. The, You see his fucking oh oh. Somebody's gonna kill Greg Roman. Like, fuck off, dude. Fucking relax. Photoshopped his face on the Correct. guy next to yeah. Bin Laden. Not a big deal. Yeah, SEAL Team Six isn't going to show up because I think that like he's actually friends with Bin Laden. Yeah, I mean SEAL Six Team Six might show up because I photoshopped him at the January. I mean, I, I found a photo of him at January Six riots. He was definitely there. 
I mean, still it, Team it, Six it, was probably at the riots participating. Yeah. So. It also explains the uh, Buffalo game plan that he was a little bit, you know, preoccupied and tired from his uh, his, you know, eventful January sixth in DC. True. So. It's true. I, just, I like the state yeah. of the record that I like Kyle, but just make it. Oh, he's but, nice, nice but guy. you can't nice guy, the hi- hiding hiding replies. That's pussy shit. I get plenty of replies to my tweets that I would I would love to not show up underneath it, but I'm not hiding anybody's reply. I haven't had somebody tell me to kill myself in about two weeks, so that, that's been a nice change of pace with the new account, but usually that was a daily occurrence. So I usually retweet them, though. I like to give my That's, uh, the, my that's what you should do. If you, if you get bad replies, just retweet them. Yeah. I just like to let people know, you know, uh, your voice is heard. Like, uh, I'm not going to kill myself, but if, you know, you ask me too nicely, right. like, I'll, I'll at least pay attention to your requests. Yeah. Not going to do it. The but, best way to get someone to, to delete a, an aggressive reply is to retweet it. Oh, 100%. Or to yeah. agree with them. Yeah. All right. Well, anywho, Yuri, thank you. Thank you for coming on, Yuri. Thank you for those who are li- those who listen to this. Thank episode. you for your service of dropping those notes in front of the castle too. We appreciate. Yes. It. That's right. right. Fully endorse that message. That's going to do it for us this week. We will be back to discuss to discuss what happens on Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy. Ramadan, happy Snowflake Day. Wait for fucking, uh, what's his face? Snowflake Jake to bring you spices upon spices. But in the meantime, I'm gonna make a noise. Oh! Yuri's face like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) Zone, Zone 32. 32.